0: So this morning is my first Sunday back, uh, and so I didn't, uh, I'm not preaching my first Sunday back. I'm coming to just be with you and to hear the word preached, uh, and, but I'm looking forward to who we have preaching for you this morning, bringing the word of God. Henry Hayes and his wife Stephanie uh, have been attending Mount Hope for about the last four years uh, with their children, uh, Shania and Jalen, Uh, They have two other kids who you haven't met, if you've met Henry and Stephanie, Harmony and Heather, uh, who are older, grown kids, living out on their own. Uh, In fact, uh, Stephanie is out with their daughter, Harmony, uh, picking out a wedding dress, and she's visiting her in Texas, so they're getting married. That's the kind of stage of life they're in. Hopefully, you've met Henry, but if you haven't, let me just give you a little bit of background. Uh, He retired from the Air Force as a Chief Master Sergeant. His last command was the Base Command Chief at Hanscom Air Force Base. That's how God providentially directed them to our area. He currently serves as a town administrator in one of our local towns and communities. But more than that, he has been active in ministry since the year 2000. He's a licensed minister, has a biblical studies degree, has been active in all the churches they've been a part of. His heart is for restoration, uh, to see people in churches come to uh, not only know the Lord, but those that have been wounded to come and be healed in the Lord. And that's his heart, and you'll hear that as he ministers even this morning. He and Stephanie have been married 30 years. I think this past May was their 30th anniversary. And I'm excited for him to bring God's word to you. Would you welcome Henry Hayes as he comes this morning?
1: God bless you all. Amen. 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 God is good and he is good to me. He's good to you too, but he's good to me. (laughs) I'm just saying what I'm saying. Amen. Uh, so, you know, first of all, uh, giving honor to God who's had of my life. I appreciate uh, all that he is doing uh, with me and the family and my wife in her, her absence. I, uh, so I'll just say this. I didn't say it quite the same way uh, earlier, but that is my blessed glory. I'm just saying. Amen. You know, she's out to help uh, Harmony to get ready for her wedding on next year. And she, she said yes to the dress. Uh, so, so that's, I would say that's a burden lifted, but I don't know, Uh, but, but nonetheless, um, you know, Steph and I didn't actually have a honeymoon, uh, Harmony and and Evan will have one, but, uh, Steph and I didn't have a honeymoon, but we, after 30 years, we still got plenty of honey in the moon. I'm just saying, so uh, bless the Lord. Uh, so you know, Pastor Rick, I uh, appreciate all your, your, your excellence in ministry and leadership, you and your wife, Wendy. Uh, to all of the leadership team in their respective uh, places, I appreciate what you would bring to the table and who you are also. Uh, and, and actually, uh, this never happens hardly, but shout out to the, uh, to, to the sound and, and video team. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. and I didn't break it. (laughs) Amen. Uh, So, uh, and I'm also grateful for all my children along the way. Uh, God has been good to us. Uh, So before we pray, I just want to remind you, uh, we are in a series of Good Dirt and there have been four dirts that have been described along the way. And we will continue and close out the series on today. And I, I am very grateful, very grateful for the opportunity to do so. So let us pray. Precious Father, we thank you and we bless you, God, for who you are, for how you are moving in our lives, how you are structuring our lives in such a way that we can produce harvest. We are good dirt. We are able to receive your word and let it be implanted in us and take root and then also spring up and produce fruit. Fruit that remains for the kingdom, God. We know that you are here. We know that you will speak. And so I ask God that you speak through me and that you speak to me as I release myself to you so that you can do the work. We have an expectation on today, Lord God, that you will do the work and that your people shall be a blessing to the kingdom and to the world. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you would, uh, turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 8, and we will continue in the series. Uh, Starting at verse 40, going through the end of the book, or sorry, not the end of the book, (laughs) the end of the chapter, all right? So if you're in your pew Bible, go to page 866. Eight sixty-six, Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 40. We know that we're picking up in a place where the, the, Jesus is getting ready to come back. Uh, he had just spent time, and you heard on last week, uh, about the, 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 the man with the legion present. And so they had gone across the water, and he's going to come back. So uh, I, I encourage you to really lean in. Lean in and listen and get it, because uh, I'm just curious, how many of us have the thought or the experience that, man, this thing called life, you know, it's challenging. You know, we got, sometimes we're brokenhearted, right? We're hurting. Sometimes we're lost in desperation. There's some times where we need physical healing or emotional or spiritual healing. Uh, There's times where we're confident and then immediately confused. You know, I look, I see Shania over there and sometimes I'm talking to her about something and, you know, she looks at me and she's like, you sure about that? (laughs) You sure about that? And, you know, like for real, for real, sometimes on the inside, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And that's regarding natural things and how maybe I'm trying to guide and advise her and, and, and the boy. Uh, you know, I call the kids one, two, three, and the boy since there's three girls and the boy. Yeah. Because I mess up their names, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. We started out with everybody having my initials and that was not a good plan. Because <laughs> we ended up with two dogs and they both had H names and that was, that was not good. Don't do that, yeah. right? <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, as I, as I talk, uh, with them along the way, uh, sometimes the, I'll get the question: "Are you really sure about that?" And sometimes it's legit, where I have to pause and reflect deeper. It happens in the Word. It happens in my life. I'm sure it happens in yours. But if that is, if any of those are you, especially regarding your spiritual walk, I need for you to lean in. Amen. 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 So we'll start with Luke chapter eight, uh, verses 14. 4d 40 through 56. I'll read in the uh, English standard standard version, and then I'll touch a portion of the King James in the same section. Uh, verse 40. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him again. He was coming back, and he had that experience, uh, for they were all waiting for him. Verse 41. And there came a man named J. Irish who was a ruler in the synagogue and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age. And she was, she was dying and Jesus went and the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had had a, a discharge of blood for 12 years And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. Verse 44, she came up behind him, him being Jesus, and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. 45, and Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied, Peter said, Master, the, the crowd surrounds you and, and are pressing in on you. And essentially, you asking who's touching you? Really? Verse 46. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that, She was not hidden. She came trembling and falling down before him declared in the presence of all the people why she touched him and how she had immediately had how she had immediately been healed. Verse 48. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. 49. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house, Jairus' house, came and said, Your daughter, sir, is is dead. Don't trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear. Believe only, only believe, and she will be well. Verse 51. And when he came to the house, Jesus came to the house, he allowed no one to enter in, enter with him except Peter and James, oh, and John. I said it out of order, but they were there. And the father and mother of the child that went in with him. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned. And she got up at once and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Now, I'm going to go to the King James version for a little bit of this. I won't read the entirety. Uh, I did that earlier and uh, I figured maybe I won't read the whole thing. But I'll read a portion of it because there's, a, there's some nuance there that in, in those older versions that you won't catch in the newer versions of the Bible. So let's go to, let's go to mm, verse 49. While he yet spake. There came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, again, that's Jairus, saying to him, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not, only believe, and she shall be made whole. How many of y'all know when Jesus says shall, it shall be. Verse 51, and when he came into the house, when Jesus came into the house, he suffered no man to go in with him save Peter, James, and John. That's probably why I had it in the wrong order before. I'm a King James guy, just so you know. (laughs) So Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden, and all wept and bewailed her. And there probably were some professional mourners already there at the house, you know. They all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Jesus said, weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. 53. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called saying, maid, arise. Arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. It's my kind of man. <laughs> and her parents were astonished, but he charged them that should, they should tell no man what was done. So I'm going to walk through this portion of the scripture with you, uh, and I want to point out some things to you, but I need for you to get it, Amen. Jairus he's a man of significant position he, he's a ruler in the synagogue he got clout and he comes and he bows himself at the feet of Jesus that is not typical but he set his pride and ego aside and he begs essentially begs Jesus to come to his house and heal his daughter begging and Jesus agrees He agrees to go on the trip, but it's interrupted. Literally, he says, yes, I'll go. Let's go. And he says, this way, sir. You okay? And and so so immediately, again, there's an interruption. Our Lord was going to fulfill the word to Jairus to bestow healing on his daughter, who was facing certain death, and he stopped in his tracks. Can you imagine, J. Irish, uh, sir, sir, this, this way, this way, this way. But the woman with the issue of blood had touched the hem of his garment. And I'm not talking about, you know, when you're, you're there, you know, it's, it's, and someone touches your arm and you, you can feel that through your cloth. No, it, was, it could have been as simple as the end of a tassel. The hem of his garment. And she was behind him. Now, let's look at this a little di- differently. So, you know, they say, he says, who touched me? And they're like, uh, who touched you? Man, all these people. Let's put it in a different context. Listen, let's go back three years. Not last year. We're <laughs> trying to forget that. In Jesus' name. <laughs> three years ago. Let's go to Foxborough. And the Patriots are playing the Cowboys. Might as well. <laughs> game is tight. Two minutes left in the game. The game is very, very close, and you don't know what the end's gonna be, so you stay. And normally, you probably wouldn't wanna stay. Why? Traffic. But as soon as the game's over, everybody's leaving. What does that crowd look like? Everybody's boxed in together. They're bumping into each other. Everybody's, people are touching people and nobody really cares. They're trying to leave, right? There's no difference in the style of crowd in my mind as I think about this portion of scripture, except that this woman touched the hem of his garment and, and he feels something. He felt virtue, power leave from him. And he stops. And he says, who touched me? Really? How's that work? And for the sake of this young lady, who had spent a lot of her money and time and effort trying to be healed and likely had spent all of her money, she she wasn't supposed to be in public. So here we are. We're going... And Jesus said he would go with Jairus, and then all of a sudden, back in the day, there used to be this, you know, they they used to talk about commercial breaks, and then they'll say, we'll be back in two minutes and two seconds, right? And Jairus is trying to get to his dying daughter, and we got this commercial break where Jesus is stopped to interact with the woman with the issue of blood. She wasn't supposed to be in public. Matter of fact, she was unclean. She was supposed to declare herself unclean. She, everyone that she touched was supposed to become unclean. Can you imagine the contact tracing? Right? I'm just saying, like for real, right? Can you imagine she was not supposed to be there? She touched him and likely other people, and they all were supposed to, Jesus was supposed to be unclean at the moment. She caused Jesus, by definition, to become unclean. And he felt virtue leave from him in an unclean situation. They would call her bad dirt. Man would. But what really got me is She proved that she was good dirt because she had a faith that reached. Despite the situation, despite the isolation that she was supposed to have, she had a faith that reached. She had faith that she would be okay in the situation. She had a faith that if she could just touch the hem of, not even his flesh, not even his arm through his clothes, but the hem of his garment. She knew she'd made made whole. Then, uh, as soon as that is done and he finishes the exchange because she says why she did it, and and here comes someone from Jairus' house. Master, trouble not to teach her. I bear bad news. Your daughter has died. And most people would say, well, okay, thank you, Jesus. And some might have the faith to say, can you preach the service for us? But Jairus had a faith that waited and continued to wait. And he said, no, let's go to the house. And they went to the house after all of this stirring, all of this healing virtue going out of Jesus and, and Jesus responding well to the woman that was supposed to be bad dirt, but he saw that she could be fruitful. He continued on the journey to J.R.'s house. And again, when it gets there, there's probably the professional whalers and things are not good. It's not a good scene. And so Jesus says, let's go inside. It's uh, Peter, James, and John and the parents, please. Thank you. And so they go in because Jesus needed a smaller audience in order to do the work, the deeper work that he wanted to do. And so I'll pause here. I'll take my own commercial break. My, uh, some years ago when, with, with uh, one of the bishops that I served in Georgia, he, he did an assessment and he did a, like bulk buy dirt. How much does the human body, the average man, the weight of the dirt based on the bulk buy uh, purchase, how much would we cost? And he came up with 98 cents. <laughs> a whole 98, not even a dollar. Now, with inflation and the 10% cost of expenses associated with COVID, we're probably over a dollar now, but not two, right? It's humbling if you think about it. It is, especially when you think about the greatness of God. But he can take that portion, that little portion of dirt and take us from where we were to where he needs us so that we can be properly fertilized And produce fruit for the kingdom that remains. Think about it everybody's faith doesn't look the same way if we think about the dirt that has been described for us we, we hear about we hear about the dirt that is uh, unfruitful because you know it rejects the word we hear about the dirt that 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 is overly concerning and gets choked out and there's the spiritual growth is insufficient we we think about you know the 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 emotional flares that happen and then the heat comes and then uh, it just doesn't work out, right? We think about the dirt that goes, the, the, you know, the seed goes over by the wayside, the birds come, it just gets picked off, right? But you know what? We all have been there. I'm, I'll hazard to say that I've been all for dirts. All for dirts. And if I'm totally honest, even in my Christian journey, I remember a time where in church, doing well, on fire for God, and I had a road trip coming up, and I told my boss, hey, I want to drive. We were in Georgia, we were going to Texas, and the team was going to, most of the team was going to drive, but they were just going to drive together, and I I wanted to drive my own vehicle by myself because I knew the crew that was going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just leave it at that, <laughs> right? And I didn't want to do the things that they want to do in the afternoons and the evenings. I wanted to be, I wanted to have control of my situation. And my truck was actually broke at the time. It was not working. My, the uh, uh, fuel filter, inline, in-tank fuel filter, was, it wasn't working. And I, and I said, I'm, I'm going to fix my truck. I'm going to fix it. I'm not taking it to shop. I'm going to fix it. And I said, if it cranks, I'm driving it. And it was a statement of faith. I promise you that. (laughs) And I was able to actually get it to crank like just a couple days before the trip. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever seen a vehicle that's been without fuel and, you know, you change out all the parts. When it starts, it's like sputtering and spitting and coughing and hacking and yakking. It is not doing well, and it would go, and then it kind of slowed down, and it it was was, was in rebellion. (laughs) I plead the blood of Jesus over my truck. I really did, but I said, if it cranks, I'm going to drive it, and when it cranked, I got a whole bunch of faith again, and then I got nervous because of how it was acting, and then it kind of smoothed out. I got the authorization to drive. I drove my truck all the way to Texas, no problems. I get there, we do our trip about a Wednesday because I didn't want to do what they were doing. So I found a church. I went on Wednesday to a midweek service. And when I came out of service, my truck didn't start. I went back to a different level of dirt, right? Now, it was an easy fix. I got it fixed that next day. I think the part was like $12 and the whole bill with the special tool. You know, when they say special tool, you get nervous, right? I think I spent less than $40, and it cranked immediately. No other problems with that truck. In that scenario, I was all kinds of dirt. Lord, Was it me or was it you that inspired me to drive? I get here, I don't want to be with them and now my truck doesn't start and I'm at church, right? Can you imagine Jairus, Jesus, the miracle worker, the healer, the teacher, he said yes to me. Then there was a pause and he had to wait. And during, at the end of that wait, your daughter's dead. Can you imagine how he went? And then when they get to the house, only the parents go in plus Peter, James, and John. And in King James Version, he said they put him out because of the laughter. Because she was dead. Our faith does not have to look a certain kind of way. Jesus is the farmer. The seed is the word. We're the dirt. God, when he selects us, because he chooses us. He selects us as good dirt. Jairus is not described as bad dirt. He is good dirt, even though he cycled through some things. Jairus, his situation produced fruit. His daughter lived. When we go through our things back and forth, we need to have a faith that waits We need to have a faith that reaches, a faith that is sustainable beyond even death. A faith to be restored even to our community. A faith despite our circumstances. And a faith for the unclean sinner to produce fruit. Because God can fertilize us properly. And it is his will and his way for us to come into the kingdom, to give our lives to him, and get beyond the mountain of challenges to a mountain of hope. And it's all we need to do is become good dirt by being under his care. The account is all about the farmer and the seed and the soil or the dirt. Primary responsibility is not actually on the dirt, it's on the farmer. And if we allow ourselves to be fertilized and in the right environments, we can produce a harvest for the kingdom that remains. So I encourage you, examine your heart. Examine where you are today and where you've been. How you've cycled through the various types of dirt. And if you have not given your life to Christ, if you are not a believer, a Christian, truly a Christian, then you can become good dirt by giving your life to Christ. And you can become fruitful for the kingdom of God. We've all experienced different things. But I'll tell you that God himself has told us in his word that the word is near you. It's even in your mouth. It's it's in your heart. That is the word of faith that is proclaimed. And if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus being the son of God and being raised from the dead, that you will be saved. For it's with the heart one believes, and with the mouth uh, one confesses and is saved. Everyone that believes in him will not be put to shame, they will be good dirt. And God didn't even, it's not us choosing God, it's really him having chosen us. He says that you didn't choose me, I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should be abiding, it should remain. And whatever the the things that God would have for us to do, it would be done. He chose us. He calls us. He confirms us. He qualifies us. And he comforts us. He recognizes good dirt. And so I ask you again, if you have not given your life to Christ, I implore you, I beg you, like Jairus, come to the Father. Yield your life to Christ so that you can produce fruit for the kingdom for the benefit of us all. Amen? God has, he's reaching out to you. And I'll say this, those who need to become Christians, it, you can do that today and now. I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar, but I'll ask that you raise your hand as a symbol of, of, of acknowledgement. If you need Christ to be your Lord and Savior, if you would, raise your hand and then confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you find yourself vacillating back and forth and you're like, "Eh, I don't know, I want to, but I'm not sure. And then, you know, like, like Shania would say, you sure about that? If you find yourself in that situation, you can become better dirt, good dirt. Just completely surrender to him. Don't get caught up in the distractions, but yield to the Father. Amen? And. Those who are already good dirt, stay in him. Allow him truly to produce fruit that remains. Amen. I'll ask the worship team to come back if you're so willing. The father can heal the brokenhearted. He can use those who have been lost in desperation. He can heal those that need healing. He can bring confidence to the confused. He can cause us all to be good dirt. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Henry. Thank you for bringing God's word today. What a blessing to us. As the team leads us in this song, I just want to Uh, Give us a chance to respond to the word he's brought, and especially a couple people, a couple groups of people you might be here. Good dirt is, what's it mean to be good dirt as a Christian? It means to walk a life of faith. That's what it is. Sometimes it's a faith that's reaching. Sometimes it's a faith that's waiting. Sometimes it's a faith that, like, that woman needs to reach out in faith and and, and trust that God is at work, right? And maybe that's where you are. So maybe, you know, as we sing this song and as we respond in worship, maybe God is calling you to take a step of faith in your life, to reach out, to do something based on faith and trust in Him at work. Maybe you know what that is, that he's already told you. He's asking you, you know what, I want you. I've been asking you to do that. And I'm asking you to reach out in faith and to take that step, trusting, trusting that I'm enough, trusting that I'm able. And sometimes maybe, maybe that's the, the step God is calling you to. But then the life of faith sometimes is a life of faith that waits. Like Jairus, Can you imagine standing there and the news comes, your daughter died. 12 years old, what do you do? You just turn to look at Jesus. And he says, No, don't fear. Just believe. So the word to the woman was, Your faith has healed you. And the word to Jairus was, Don't fear. Only believe. In other words, I've given you a word, but you got to wait. You got to trust. And maybe you got a faith right now. You've got a word from God that he's given you a while back, and he's asked you, Just Have faith. Don't leave that word. Don't abandon that word. Stay faithful in prayer. Stay faithful that I'm at work, that I'm trusting. Maybe that's where God is calling you to today. And then one other group, and something Henry said, and something that was up there, I thought, you know, this is important, too, to hear. A faith that if you have walked in here and you said, you know, I'm bad dirt, I'm not clean, I'm not worth it. To understand that God loves you, that he's calling you to himself, that when you touch in God, it doesn't make him unclean. You touching God makes you clean. And when you reach out and you touch him and you come to him and you ask for forgiveness and you confess your sins, he makes you clean. And so you need to hear that, that you are not beyond, you are not too far, you are not beyond God's grace. He came so that you might experience that. So as the team sings this song, as our kind of closing response to us, I'm going to ask you to stand and just allow the Holy Spirit to work in wherever that is in you. Maybe you need to say, God, help me to take that step of faith I know you're calling me to. Or maybe it's, Lord, help me to wait because you've given me a word. And I need to wait in faith that that word's going to come about and not abandon. Just allow the Lord to work as we worship Him together.